This guy's trying to solve all these problems. All he needs is Bitcoin. Solves all this shit. Like that's why I, I read a handful of articles. I'm like, this guy, this guy needs to know more about Bitcoin because it would just solve all of his problems. That's dope. This episode is sponsored by Bullish and Vori. Please stay tuned for more information on both of these amazing companies later in the episode. Bitcoin is taking over in the world of sports and definitely in the world of MMA. I've got one of the most famous fighters of all time and Bitcoin advocates, Ben Askren, who we've gone back and forth being on each other's shows many times before. We had a very frank conversation about how it's going to look when more athletes start to come into the space, what mainstream adoption looks like, for Bitcoin and everything you need to know about why you also need to buy this asset. He's the guy I kind of always dealt with. And, and I got like, I don't know, I just developed like kind of a friendship with him, you know? And uh, he was classically educated, Ivy League economics. And he wants like, he started to harass me about Bitcoin like when it was like $5,000, like right after, right after March 2020, you know? And I was like trying, he would tell like, just randomly text me, should I buy it? What's this? What about that? Government's gonna shut it down and he still hasn't bought any. You know, I know, right? <laughs> but he like, I, what I, I don't know if you found this too, but what I found is the more like classically educated they are, the less likely they are to want yeah, to buy into Bitcoin. Because it's like deeply ingrained in you that yes. it's a Ponzi scheme or something. And that the and government's you know, gonna regulate it. That's, that's oh, what that's like the he fear of government. Jacket. Fear of government, yeah. So, let's, so I saw news yesterday i think that the mma is doing like a bitcoin bonus for the bloodiest fight oh, is that what it's for it was something like you can donate and then you vote on what the, like the best fight was yes. maybe and then the winner of that fight gets a bitcoin bounty. Dang. so i didn't i didn't read the whole article but it said winners will be paid in bitcoin bonus um i thought that's cool because obviously they have the crypto.com sponsorship right so they should be doing something with it um i guess that's a good start yeah, I mean, we're seeing like this crazy sort of mix between sports and uh, crypto, like yeah. FTX Arena is down the road, yeah. the Staples Center is now crypto.com. I mean, do you think that that's, some of it seems like it's a little forced. Uh, I mean, some of it's definitely natural... forced. Some of it's the highest bidder, right? And there's a lot of hype around crypto. Uh, I think in MMA particularly, and I don't know exactly why it is, something probably with the individualism of the sport, uh, a lot of people are actually into crypto. Like maybe not as far deep as I am, but they're into it. They're buying Bitcoin. So um, I can't really speak to a lot of other athletes, but sure. I know in the MMA space, there's a lot of dudes. I mean, Francis Ngannou was here yesterday. I saw Mike Perry here. Someone told me Kevin Lee was here. I didn't see him, but there's kind of a lot of guys who are curious or a little bit into crypto. Yeah, I've seen a ton of athletes here. Serena Williams was here, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, Aaron, someone told me Aaron Rodgers was here, too. That I hear, uh, him I didn't see. After okay. you, I'm talking to Chris Carter, uh, the wide receiver, and oh, yeah. Theo Ratliff. Like, every the old wide like, receiver yeah, from the Vikings? Yeah, oh, yeah, he was we're a beast. all old, man. Well, he's older than me. <laughs> yeah. I, I was picking That's the guy we watched. Fantasy football team when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> you started to play fantasy uh, football that early? Yes, super young. I actually probably stopped. It was... Uh, I don't know, like a middle school friend. I think maybe his dad did it and he just copied his dad and we had like, you know, eight or 10 buddies. I remember I was got Chris Carter and then I got Randy Moss after that. Randy Moss was a savage. Vikings. Oh yeah. Yes. So good. So, so <laughs> but do you think we're seeing like a, a groundswell among, I mean, you can't speak for ce celebrities and athletes mm -hmm. in general that are starting to come in? 
Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I would just, so I, I'm sure you were in earlier than me, but I got in in August of 2017, 2017. It was, it was just, just before that, yeah. It was this weird, awkward space. It was so hard to do everything. No one knew anything. And I don't want to say it's mainstream yet, because it's definitely not. Um, I don't remember, someone just wrote an article, and I was reading it, and we were talking about, you know, like main, more mainstream adoption. Like, if I talk to any of my just regular buddies, they would probably have some type of opinion on Bitcoin, right? But how many of them actually use it? And it's probably like one in 40, right? How many hold any significant portion of their wealth in it? It's probably one in 100, you know, of my non, so obviously I have crypto friends. That right, of course. More than that, but of my regular friends, almost none of them hold any real value in it, you know? And like my one buddy last week was like, well, should I get the BlockFi crypto rewards credit card? And he's doing pretty well in life. I said, well, I mean, if you're trying to use it as a hedge, you're not gonna, you would not need to put like enough. real money. <laughs> you need to put real money in there. It's not, you can't get a hundred bucks a month. They ain't gonna do nothing for you. Even if it 20 X's. Right, that, but that's yeah. interesting because you're saying like it's a hundred of your friends or 40 of your yeah. friends and you're really deep down this rabbit hole and you yes. talk about it all the time. Every single one of those people knows you have a podcast yes. and that you believe in this. So imagine, they're, they're like one <laughs> degree true. of separation yeah. from someone who really cares. It's the same with me. I yeah, can't. it's true. A lot of people I'm the closest to in the world don't own Bitcoin yes. and never have. Yes. So that's, maybe we have mainstream awareness. Awareness. is Like, yes. yeah, okay, everybody now, like you turn on the TV, you yeah. listen to the radio, you walk down the street, you see ads, but that doesn't mean they actually Absolutely. care. And, and I do go, I, I think a lot about like, will we get to this point where people just use it without caring about it? Because, you know, I think Bitcoin is a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And like my wife is like, she listens to it and she might tell you a couple of the basics, but she doesn't really know nothing about Bitcoin. But when she listened, Yomi Park and Alex Gladstein, I mean, like, that's where Bitcoin is really the most powerful. In America, we kind of forget about some of these things that are really prevalent worldwide. And so I think, like, are we ever at the point where people, like, really understand the power of Bitcoin and, like, what it does? Or are we just going to skip that phase? Like, you know, you and I probably had that phase and a lot of crypto people had that phase. And they're just going to go, oh, this is what I use. It's on my phone. Right. You know, are they just going to skip like, right like to that? Like your phone, like the internet. Like, yes. I don't think about how an email works, but yes. I'll send one. Or why it's, or why it's powerful, you right. know? I guess I probably didn't either because I was in probably middle school or elementary school and it was like, when, we're, when the internet was at the phase that Bitcoin is at right now, I was probably elementary or middle school. I totally missed the uh, Gladstein conversation. Yeah. I think you're referencing the Bitcoin is Freedom yes. uh -huh. panel yesterday. You're the third person who sat down here and referenced it and basically said, no matter far, how far I was already down this rabbit hole, yeah. that one blew my mind. Yes. There's a really great, I think it was like a four or five minute uh, animated intro I would just recommend anyone just go, go watch that. It's really powerful because it, you do like, you know, I, probably both of us constantly shit on the dollar. Yeah, that's right. Fine. Which whatever <laughs> we, we can shit on it, but we also kind of then forget how good the dollar is in comparison to a lot of the other currencies and how much freedom we have in America to use our dollars. You know, and that's not the case with everyone else. So when you watch something like that, it is a stark reminder of oh yeah, you know, that's why. That's why this is so important. Or like another one I think that we don't, we don't see or think about a lot in America is remittance payments. And that was like when my buddy, so my buddy, I red-pilled him, college teammates, he moved to Australia, took a job in mining, and he got into Bitcoin. He came to one of my fights when I was in Asia and he orange-pilled me. And you know, one of the things I saw a lot in Asia, so I was in Singapore 12 times, 
was there's so many workers that come from Indonesia, Philippines to work yeah, in Singapore. Everybody's like an imported worker sending yes. money home. And they send money home and they all go. So like on Sundays, you'll go to eat and there'll be like this hundreds of people over here, you know? And so the first couple of times I'm like, what are all those, why are all those people doing, what are they doing over there? And it's like, oh, that's, that's where they send the remittance payments, you know? And so you're like, wait, uh, and then you realize they gouge them on it. You know, they take- Yeah, like, oh, 30%, uh, yeah. And then it takes a week to get there. And so when you hear about Bitcoin, you're like, wait, I can send money from me to you with no one helping me? And I don't have to go. Yeah. In El Salvador, they were saying that one of the biggest problems wasn't even just the price gouging and the difficulty. Mm -hmm. It's like literally you would go to the Western Union or whatever it is, yeah. and the minute you walked out, the gang took their part of the money from you. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the gangs, the, yeah. I don't know if this is like true or what, but no, I heard the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but we've all heard the story. Right, so it's like even a matter of safety. Like I want someone to send me my money to my house, not, yeah. it's just like you obviously look over your shoulder when you use an ATM. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think that's, that's like a really powerful narrative that, and I think some of these narratives are, are forgotten because we do, we, you know, we crap on America sometimes, but we do have it so good. And our dollar is, you know, I know. It's also your, it's like you, sometimes you like do that to a family member, but you still love them. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But you forget, like in most parts of the world, we love Bitcoin and we're in America. So like we can compare it to the dollar, but most people just want dollars and yeah. can't get them. Yeah, I can't get them. And it actually means stable coins are really powerful for a lot of people in a lot yes. of places. Yeah, absolutely. Or you think about like, I mean, and obviously it's just another topic that we haven't talked about is like the inflation in America is finally getting to this point where it's really increasing, which I always tell everyone, like every Bitcoiner I know predicted this, zero mainstream economists predicted it. They all yeah. said it wasn't going to happen. But in other countries, it's so much worse, right? Venezuela, Argentina, et cetera, et cetera. And we haven't really had that episode. And I think if it happens in America, it will be a big like wake up call for all of us. But I think it is happening. Well, and yeah. I think what's crazy, yeah. not like, I don't think we have hyperinflation. Yeah. We're yes. not Venezuela, but you know, they say it's 7.8%. But I, what's so funny is that in January, there was like this low key report that nobody read that was like, we've changed the way that we calculate the CPI numbers, mm. right? They always do. I mean, look at the price, the price of gas is up a lot more than 7.8%. Yeah, right? and then I think home prices were up 25% in the year or something. Insane. Insane, yes. But like, what does that mean for your average person? All those friends of yours who still don't get it, like, are they at least saying, well, my house really is expensive now? <laughs> yeah, I, well, the thing about the house is that- Or you're like, that. I'm psyched, my house is expensive, it's going well, up in value. It appreciates, <laughs> but then you gotta go buy something, you gotta live somewhere else or buy something else. You know, like, uh, home prices by us are insane right now. Um, yeah, and I have, I've had one or two people sell and try to move, and they're like, well, I can't freaking buy anything. Yeah, it's, it's like, sale. It, it, like with used cars yeah. being more expensive mm -hmm. than they were when you bought them. Yeah. It's great if you have an extra car. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but nobody yeah. has an extra house laying yeah. around to sell. Seriously. You just have to live somewhere. Absolutely. Right. So nobody really benefits from yeah. it going up unless you're just a company that's like price gouging people on a bunch of real estate that they bought a long time ago yes. in, in advance of the bubble. Have you ever been trading crypto and during bouts of high volatility had your exchange go completely offline or seen the order books go thin and have absolutely no liquidity for your trade? I know that you have. It's happened to every single crypto trader, but it's not an issue anymore thanks to Bullish. Bullish is a powerful new exchange for digital assets that offers deep liquidity, automated market making, and industry-leading security. Combining the innovations of DeFi with the regulated environment of traditional finance, Bullish empowers users to trade with confidence across variable market conditions while securing a regulated environment that's backed by multi-billion dollar liquidity contributions from the Bullish Treasury. Follow at Bullish on Twitter or visit bullish.com slash Melker 
to learn more. I'm currently wearing the most comfortable clothing on the planet. Are you? Unless you're wearing Vori, then your answer is obviously no. Guys, if you've listened to my live streams, then you've probably heard me rant and rave about this incredible company. We love them so much that we reached out and did a sponsorship deal after I've already been talking about them for months. Yes, it's athletic wear, but you can wear it almost anywhere, and it's the majority of my wardrobe. Seriously, I wear these clothes all the time. If they would make a tuxedo, I would have worn it to my wedding. And you can feel great about wearing these clothes as well because they're offsetting 100% of both their carbon and plastic footprint. Guys, wearing Vori is an investment in your happiness and your comfort. I am serious. These clothing are incredible. Get 20% off of your first purchase at Vori.com slash Melker. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash M-E-L-K-E-R. If you're not wearing these clothes yet, you need to go get them right now. So I don't know what's going to happen to all my friends who don't buy Bitcoin because I, I have convinced a handful, nothing like, uh, like I think my mom and her husband, uh, they got them by $6,000 of the Bitcoin, somewhere around 20. So it's probably worth, well, so they're, they're, it's, it's, they're not, it's not nothing. But they did well. They've done have well done so well. far, right? Yeah. Um, but I didn't get anyone to buy it. Like or maybe I got one person under 10. You know, like, I mean, I got some people to buy it at 65,000 <laughs> 65, or 6,500. Yeah, 65,000. Oh. No, I, I got, I got people. Well, you know, I, I can be blamed for, uh, yeah, for sure, dollar cost sure, averaging sure. people in. I never stopped talking yeah, about it, but it's funny. So we, mm. okay, you got your mom. That's good. We got my, yeah. And then, uh, but I, they, like they actually bought, I don't want to say $3,000 insignificant cause, but it's more than most people buy. Most people buy like, Oh, I buy 500 bucks or I buy a thousand bucks. And it's like, yeah, but when you compare that to what your like net worth is, if we have a significantly inflationary event, that's not going to help you. It's not. You need to put more than that in. I mean, yeah, I guess it's all always relative to your yeah. own. Per- like a thousand bucks, if your entire net worth is two thousand dollars, that's know, true. That, yes. You did it. But yeah, yeah if you're like a, if you a were, dude who owns a house and yeah. some cars, and you've got a hundred, you know, yeah. a million bucks, yeah, a thousand dollars, it's not going to like, It's like you're buying. You know, to them, it's probably more like they're buying a lottery ticket than a hedge at that point. And then you yeah. know it's more speculation. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, at this point, Bitcoin's. Well, you're the price guy, so I probably shouldn't even say this, but like, uh, Bitcoin's not going to do 100x from here. I agree with that. You know, it's it's, and you know, it's going to do 25x essentially is a million dollars, right? Um, so if they bought a thousand bucks, it'll be twenty-five thousand. Like again, not not much money to them. So I think I think they need to think about it that way. And but the other point I did make too. John Kim was being a little um, pessimistic yesterday. God forbid. I know. Jeez, he, I, I almost had to rough him up. But he said, uh, you know, he said, he said, you know, people are on on the way up. But at some point, I think we all think that Bitcoin is just going to be the thing, and it's going to be a more of a stable price, right, when it gets to the top. But then when you think about Bitcoin versus owning anything else, well, if you're holding dollars at that point you're still losing value because they're inflating and your Bitcoin is you know, holding relative value. Yeah, I think the end game is like when we stop pricing it. <laughs> it's like, Everything's what Bitcoin. can I buy in Bitcoin? Even if it's not everything, it's just if, even mentally, I guess, if you start thinking about your value in, in Bitcoin yeah. and start saying, right. I mean, you're right. Maybe if, if that's staying the same price, but everything else is hyperinflated, yeah. it's, a, it's a different, completely different world. I, but I don't think Bitcoin needs to like become the global reserve current it's a great dream right but there's yeah. like not, everything doesn't have to have to happen doesn't but have what, to happen to the most extreme case why would so i this is where i see like why wouldn't it you know i understand like the governments and everything 
And actually, you probably read The Sovereign Individual, right? Yeah, of course. The, the announcement that Max Kaiser made, I think probably was also a little disappointing to some people. Um, he announced it was Prospera, which is a Honduran island. Um, there was Madeira, which is Portugal. Mexico. And then, so he's gonna talk to the Mexican president. But the first two, they're essentially like cities or sovereign areas, you yeah. know? And they're saying, we want to incentivize Bitcoiners and Bitcoin companies to move here by giving you all these benefits. And like that really made me think of the sovereign individual of like, oh, like, I mean, I'm not gonna take advantage of it, but I'm sure someone is, you know, someone whose life is all the way wrapped up in Bitcoin to say, shit, those are, I get those four advantages. Yeah, it looks nice. I'll go there, you know? And so we're, we're moved to this place where like people are clustered among like-minded people. And I think it's happening in Puerto Rico for Americans, right? It, yeah. It's so funny. Anytime you say like complain about the American tax code or what's going on, mm -hmm. people are like, just move, man. And I'm like, you clearly don't understand that my taxes are following me wherever I go. Yeah. You can't just move to Portugal and stop paying taxes, mm -hmm. but you can go to Puerto Rico and pay 4% Well, you, you would have to, uh, you'd have to renounce your citizenship. Yeah, but I think even if now, if you have a certain amount of wealth, even if you renounce your citizen, they'd still like make you pay for like another 10 years or something. Really? I can't remember what the quote is, but like cutting off your citizenship does not even eliminate your tax burden. Eventually it does. Eventually, okay. It depends. I think if you have already $2 million and you try to move off, then it triggers like, but how do basically they if you're rich and you go- Just tell them you lost well, your Well, they keys. just know, yeah, <laughs> it was a boating accident. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, you know, but yeah, I guess if it's in uh, crypto, mm -hmm. then they, they wouldn't, no at all, but you can go to Puerto Rico and we're seeing people move yes. their entire families, their entire lives there just for the, that yeah. tax benefit. Yeah. So you're right, like if you're from somewhere else in the world where you can move, unlike the United States, there's a guy, nomad capitalist, uh, I, yeah, I go where you're treated best, yes. right? That's what he says. Mm -hmm. he, he's always kind of pushing for a second or third passport, an yes. option to, you know, escape. And so I, uh, one of, I think it was my wife's brother actually maybe was kind of really into him. And I started, I started looking at some of the stuff. And you know what I thought, Scott? I thought, these guys trying to solve all these problems, all he needs is Bitcoin, solves all this shit. Like that's why I, I read a handful of articles. I'm like, this guy, this guy needs to know more about Bitcoin because it would just solve all of his problems. Yeah, I, we like to say, uh, I don't think Bitcoin fixes everything, but it definitely fixes, fixes a lot of fixes shit. Fixes a lot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, man, where can everybody find you, check you out after uh, this? I'm in, at Ben Askren, uh, Twitter. I don't really use Instagram. I'm on there. I don't really love it. I like Twitter. I enjoy Twitter. Me too. Thoroughly. Uh, I'm on Facebook, also don't really post there. Yeah, him so, and John have one of the best podcasts No, in the we retired, though. Okay, I, him and John had one of the best two, podcasts two, in the yeah. game. So two weeks ago, I should like I was on that like within a month. You can't expect. Okay, I wanted to retire at episode 100. I said we did 100 episodes. We've been doing this for like two, a little over two years. Episode 100, great place to stop. And he's like, no nah, man, I really like it. And what he told me that made me want to keep going was he said we get to talk to all these really cool people. We get an hour of their time. Yeah, you couldn't just say, hey, do a phone call with me for an hour, right? To most of these. You people. would have never sat down with me ever. Yes. Okay. So. <laughs> It's Look hard. This guy. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, like yeah, we've been doing this like, a while now. Like, but yeah. hey, let's sit down and talk. You yeah. know, like that's a weird proposition. But hey, come on my podcast. Like that's normal. Yeah. So uh, uh, it's like the best free college education from the best professors uh, in the world. It's absolutely. Really, yeah, it's, so that was he talked me into it. And so I'm like, okay, you're right. I would never would have got to talk to all these really awesome people and learn all these things if we didn't have the podcast. Let's keep going. And then eight episodes later, he goes, Hey, I'm gonna do this startup. I don't really have time anymore. Oh, oh that like, makes sense. I was right, gonna say, bye, I'm, a, John. I, I'm afraid for the world if John doesn't have anywhere to focus his energy. He does, yeah. So. <laughs> just out of control, man. So All right, funny. dude, thank you, right. man. I appreciate Thanks, it. I'm glad we appreciate finally it. got to meet in person. Yes, sir. All right, awesome. Dude.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't already left a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do that now. Spotify just added rating, so please go ahead and click that five star. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.